Hey sunshine, welcome to the Conscious Magnetism Podcast, where we discuss how to consciously embody the most authentic and magnetic version of yourself by understanding the connections between science and spirituality. You may have heard the coined phrase, your thoughts create your reality, but it's not that simple and it goes way, way deeper than that. I'm your host and guru, Nella Pepson, who will help you reawaken to the power you already hold within and how you can harness that energy to magnetize your manifestations with ease. I'm so excited that you're here with me. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hey guys, I have a fun little treat for you all today. I have my ingenious bestie here, Natasha Mayer. Today we are going to be talking all about neuroplasticity. She's done quite an extensive amount of research through this during her undergrad studies at Pitt. That's where we met. We met during college, so we've been best friends for five four or five years yeah quite a few years at this point uh natasha is an indian american she is a sagittarius sun aquarius moon and a cancer rising is there anything else you'd like them to know about you no not really i'm just excited to be here today and to be on nella's podcast it's such a treat that both of our kind of expertise and interests get to combine to talk about neuroplasticity on this podcast yes absolutely i feel like neuroplasticity gives the scientific reasoning and explanation of the mentality shifts and changes that I talk about a lot on this podcast ways that you can change your mentality to become a better version of yourself and live a more fulfilled and abundant life. With that all being said, Tasha, can you please give us just like the general overview definition of what neuroplasticity really is? Yeah, so from a scientific perspective, um, neuroplasticity refers to the process by which our brain is able to form new connections with kind of neighboring neurons, and in this way kind of change its structure and its function over time. Amazing. And what exactly are all these neural pathways responsible for? So the, the responsibilities of these neural pathways can be incredibly diverse from you learning new things about the world and making connections with new things to just kind of changing your thought process about certain topics, maybe even about yourself. Um, there are a couple of mechanisms by which we as humans can kind of generate neuroplasticity. Um, some of those can be conscious, some of those unconscious, um, but every day our brain is kind of rewiring and changing based off of the stimuli that we are taking in from our environment, whether those be within within our control and outside of our control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be very scary, but it can also hold a lot of promise for the future when you think about the fact that we are in control of some of that change and we're able to actually harness it and drive it for our own potential and good. Yeah, I love that. So how easily or difficult do you think it is to establish these new neural pathways? Yeah, so I feel like it might be helpful to talk a little bit in context about just like what these mechanisms of synaptic plasticity are. So kind of to start, synaptic plasticity 
for those who are not familiar with kind of um, neurophysiology, they are these specialized cells in your brain called neurons. And neurons receive a signal from somewhere. This can be from within your body. It can be an external stimulus. Um, but this is going to excite that cell. And that cell is then going to fire and it's going to excite other cells. And you can kind of think of this as like a signal cascade. So mm-hmm. even... Like an electrical impulse. Yeah, it's an electrical impulse. It's electrical and it's chemical. So a nice context you can think about is if you give yourself a little pinch, you feel that. You feel that little pain. That pain's processed by your brain. That was an external stimulus that set off a cascade that allowed you to sense something. Um, and in these pathways, these connections between neurons, there can be changes. So one of the first changes is synaptic plasticity itself, which is just the change in signal strength. So think if you have a larger initial impulse, you may excite more neurons, creating a larger end result. Mm. This can be changed in several different mechanisms. So you can increase the number of synapses, and this is through like neurogenesis, where in some rare cases, you can actually generate new neurons, and that can be like additional kind of cells added to that circuit to amplify or even synaptic pruning where you're taking away responses in order to kind of think about like covering up a road that was once very eroded. You're kind of covering it up and that pathway is now becoming less than it was before. So you can increase and you can decrease pathways kind of based off of these different mechanisms. I love that. So that's kind of what people should be conscious of and like working towards when they're trying to implement new habits in their life yeah absolutely um and i know some of this might seem kind of abstract and vague in the sense where it's like how well how do i make this scientific mechanism really work for me um and i think the like perfect way to think about it is that cells that wire together fire together so cells that are programmed to fire together, you have now associated two different things are going to wire together. And now you're Mm. creating a very kind of, a very walked on path, right? This path Mm -hmm. is becoming very established. This is a path that's taken frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when I was in class, like when I was learning about this stuff for the first time, the example that was used was like, think of a celebrity that you like. Mm -hmm. There's always one neuron that's going to correspond and kind of hold the information for one topic. So say you really, you really, really like Olivia Rodrigo. You're gonna have an Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo neuron. And every time you hear her song, you're gonna form a connection with other neurons to the Olivia Rodrigo neuron. And that's your brain learning, this song is played by Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have another neuron that wires to the Olivia Rodrigo neuron. That is your positive emotions that you feel when you hear her music. That's another connection that you have established, that you have trained yourself to learn, that you like this music, you like her songs. Now, kind of when you hear a random song on the radio and it's her, you're filled again with these positive emotions that you have taught yourself to feel. Mm -hmm. So when you're, I know that example in of itself is kind of like a passive process. That's just something you have that happens. You know, you like what you like and these connections become established all on their own. Yeah, and Um, even on the flip side of that, these connections form with even negative or sad emotions. Absolutely. That's very much true. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can kind of cognitively decide, like if you are someone who has like a very negative, like self image, like you just don't, you don't feel your best self and you don't think highly of yourself, maybe at a certain point in time, your brain is learning that. It's learning to associate maybe some things about yourself or some aspects of your life that you don't like with those negative emotions. Like say 
if one of your triggers is like when you look in the mirror and then all of a sudden your brain just like starts spiraling on all these negative self-talk yes. negative self-affirmations absolutely that's becoming like a path that you are now creating and reinforcing in your brain the more that you do mm-hmm. it um and i feel like again this is like scary because that is happening and sometimes we don't even know that it's happening it's almost like a right. passive subconscious process but once you become kind of aware that these connections in our brain are happening and that's the way that we learn and the way that we associate things and the way that we see the world we can actually decide i'm not going to say those things about myself out loud i'm no longer going to let those negative words be associated with me i'm no Mm -hmm. longer going to allow these negative affirmations to kind of drive the way i think about my life and my capabilities yeah and slowly over time you can unlearn those less than healthy roads and you can learn to build better ones yeah like consciously trying making the effort to change what that wording is every time you look in the mirror yeah changing it to i'm beautiful my body is great i am so smart i am so worthy of a prosperous life fill in whatever you want whatever thought process loop cycle that you want to go through through your brain creating a better self-image of yourself and that in turn will making that change from a negative pathway to a more positive one will do you think that that would affect other ones as well absolutely and i have no idea how that would happen but just every change has kind of a consequence just in the world you each change has a kind of I'm at a loss for words. There's like a, scientific, a trickle yeah, effect. It, there's a trickle effect to everything. You know, the butterfly effect is very real. For every mm-hmm. force, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's what I wanted to say. Yes, um, physics. <laughs> physics. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, obviously, there's no way to kind of... I mean, there might be a way to scientifically quantify those changes. Right. I just am not aware of them. Um, and that might be technology that we, as like the public, don't necessarily have access to yet. Yeah. But... So this is kind of a a thought process theory that I have and I want you to either like explain it or confirm if it's is very similar with how um like the neural pathways changing them work as well. So I always say in life there's no right or wrong choice. You just have path A or path B. Right right path choice, left path choice. And so when you are making these choices all throughout your day say that you want to change and go into a different path you want to become a a different better version of yourself so so say you're so used to sticking on path a that's what you've been down for the past few years and you're trying to get to another path so you have to continually keep trying to make path b choices right so over time path b ends up becoming stronger day by day month by month you are getting more aligned with that different path so then what happens with this this other pathway right because some days you do have days where you slip up and you do fall back into old habits but it's about trying again not letting that one slip up go take over and let go of all the process that you made so as you continually keep choosing path b left path choices does the old 
pathway end up getting erased or does it just become not as prominent? It definitely becomes not as prominent. So you can kind of think about it as use it or lose it. So the path that you are using, you're going to build. Think of it almost like a road. Like if you're investing time and you're investing energy in road B, you're taking care of it, you're fixing the cracks, you're building new infrastructure, that's a become a very strong road. It's going to become a road that your brain naturally wants to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how we change our kind of outlook on life. And that's how we change kind of the path that we're on. And that's a very beautiful process that we can have. Um, path A never truly goes away completely, but you can think... If we're not investing time in it, it's going to it's going to erode slowly. It's going to slowly break apart. It's going to become less. And eventually, mm-hmm. it's just going to be kind of a sliver of what it once was. Yeah. And, and you might have, like, days where it's active maybe just, like, once a month or once every two months instead of it being, like, a daily thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that it's completely erased, but it stops becoming the primary thing that your brain is drawn towards. Right. It's no okay. longer the strongest path. It no longer has the strongest pull. And your brain is more inclined to take the passage that mm-hmm. you have formed through these new connections that you have continually reinforced and reinforced over time. Right. If you, if you stop reinforcing a pathway, it's going to slowly dwindle away. Right. And so in the beginning, when you're trying to form these new neural pathways, you have to be very conscious about it. And obviously, case by case, scenario by scenario, it's different. But is there an average like time span of how long it would take to reinforce a new pathway to when it's strong enough to the point where you don't have to consciously be doing it where it takes over more into the subconscious firing primary pathway um i'm not exactly sure what like a good estimate would be for like oh this pathway is now kind of complete and it's ready kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um i guess the only advice on that topic i can give is kind of like it's a slow burn process Mm -hmm. and you don't just start training yourself directly for the end goal it's kind of you pick apart these little things you're like okay I can do this today and I can keep doing this every day and it's just it's this is kind of the scientific mechanism behind like habit formation almost right if you keep doing the same habit consistently it becomes interwoven in your life it becomes your norm it becomes part of your little schedule and your life and that's what you're inclined to do Mm -hmm. so you don't go oh if you're say your goal in like 2024 is to lose weight right? You're like, I want to lose 20 pounds. I don't want to look in the mirror and have negative self body impressions of myself. I'm going to start speaking only kind words to myself when I look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, as you all should, you're all deserving of that as you all should. That's just one small step you could take to be motivated to do other things on the process to like losing that weight and maybe being your best self. If that's even something that you want to do, right? Start with the mindset maybe pick a little thing every now and then I'm going to heat one extra apple a day or something like that. Very, Mm -hmm. very small things that are very within your control that make you feel good and happy. And they don't feel like this mounting amount of pressure that's kind of crushing down on you because that's not how you form these new roads, right? By making some mounting pressure that actually ends up just bringing more negativity to your life. Right. It becomes like solidified by positive reinforcement. Yeah, absolutely. Positive reinforcement. We know this through many different scientific studies that it is like, it is the best way to learn. It's what allows us to retain information the best. Mm -hmm. Um, Positive punishment, not so much, right? Beating yourself up for things and teaching yourself, oh, this is the bad thing that's going to happen to you if you don't do, if you don't accomplish your goals. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that. Yeah. And I feel like that 
could happen when you try to change so much all at once you get so overwhelmed by everything yeah and you don't even have to plan it so it doesn't even necessarily need to be like oh i'm gonna write down this plan and this is gonna be like a million these million little steps that i'm gonna take Mm -hmm. to reach my end goal if that's something that Mm -hmm. stresses you out because me making like really long in-depth plans like that is something that stresses me out make a couple very small goals right yeah little here and there and if you decide you can take more on your plate add another one and then slowly over time you're gonna look at yourself and you're gonna be like wow i got here i got here and it wasn't Mm -hmm. even that bad you kind of like forget about the process and the work that it took to get there and you're like wow i'm here now how was i ever that person that i was before Mm -hmm. is there any time in your life or habit I know you say all the time that you are a creature of habit but is there any like personal example of when you've consciously changed one of your pathways hmm I'm trying to think um one example of kind of how I implemented this process into my own life is when I trained for my first marathon last year so I've always been a runner I've ran cross-country and track in high school i continued running just for my own personal enjoyment like throughout college but I never in my life like dreamed I could run that many miles like in one fail swoop I was like "Mm, maybe like 10 that's my max in life (laughs) I'll never run 26.2 that's 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 crazy um and I actually got tricked into running this marathon by my friend like a little bit she was like run it with me and I was like no I'll run the half that's fine and then she persuaded me to run the full and I was like well if we're training together to be fun uh, halfway through training, I've already ran like 18 miles in terms of training. It's like, I have to see it through now. She's like, I'm dropping to the half. And I was like, well, I'm still running the full because I need to do it. Um, and at that point, every run that I was taking to train was like the longest run I'd ever done in my life. And like, that was so daunting. It was like being at like mile 15 and being like, okay, next week I'm going to run 16. That's the longest m- run I've ever done next week 17 longest run I've ever done 18 Mm -hmm. longest run I've ever done that was like incredibly daunting and I feel like what kind of made me feel like had control over the situation and like changed my thought process from like oh kind of dreading this long run to actually being excited for it was thinking it in terms of like my own self-strength so instead of like oh this run is like gonna hurt me I'm gonna be sore like it's gonna take so long and it's gonna be cold like associating all these negative things with the run was just like making me not excited to do the run mm-hmm. I was like I don't want to do it I don't want to train for this marathon anymore like I I just won't do it and that's fine and that's fine and I kind of like slowly gaslighting myself into thinking it was fine if I didn't <laughs> accomplish this goal that I wanted to do so instead I started saying oh think about how good the runner's high is gonna feel think about the flavor of the gel that you like to eat like when you run like it's the caramel one that I really like I'm just only gonna pack those kind of positively reinforcing mm-hmm. myself with the snack that I like making an on awesome my run playlist. making an awesome playlist yeah. telling myself how strong I feel after mm-hmm. um just things like that that yeah. made me feel in control and powerful and like positive gave me this kind of bright light around the run instead of this like cloudy kind of dreadful like dreary run situation and I feel like this is very similar to how a lot of people talk about work honestly like they talk about work with such like oh work sucks I dread going to work yeah all of these things and that's fine you know sometimes our jobs do take a lot out of us and it's fine to vent every now and then but just being very conscious about the things that you're saying and the impact that they have on Mm -hmm. your perception of things and how sometimes that can turn into a little bit of a spiral 
Yeah. And even if it's the most, it's not the most glamorous thing in the world, saying something nice every now and then really helps you kind of enjoy the things that you might have to do. Yeah. Like we all have to go to work, right? That's, that's just true. But if we say a couple of nice things every now and then about maybe the coworker that we like, or maybe we get free coffee at work and that's nice. Yeah. Or maybe we we're excited for the cocktail hour that's the Thursday after. I feel like your coworkers at your job can really affect oh, your mindset sure. of the job. Like you really need to be careful because if your coworkers are more so Debbie Downers, they don't like the yeah. job either. Like you are going to pick up on yeah. their mentality. Yeah, you can't control the environment that they cultivate, but you can control yeah. yours. Absolutely. So even if it's, again, even if it's not the most glamorous thing and it's not like the thing you necess- necessarily are like super passionate about in the world, just those mm-hmm. few kind of kind words and changes in thought processes from like this negative road, this path A, that you've been like kind of creating that path and reinforcing it and reinforcing it, creating that new path B can really add a lot of kind of quality of life yeah really add a lot of improvement there which I feel like everyone can benefit from a little additional like quality of life improvement yeah and take that as you will like in all different areas all different areas literally this is like applicable to anything like any thought process any activity it's just this is just a concept of change Mm -hmm. change within the mind you know you have the power to dictate whether you live in a mind that likes you or a mind that doesn't. You're more likely to succeed if that mind that you're living in is positive and you're excited about what's going to happen in your next day. This is kind of like yes. the basis of like what manifestation is. Yeah. Right? I feel like some people think about manifestation as like you just say things and you expect them to happen. It's like magic. Mm-hmm. It's like conscious work. You're oh, deciding absolutely. to cultivate a new sense of self and that sense of self is what's doing the actual effort to carry you into a new life and bring you these opportunities and these fulfillments and all of the like. Yes. Absolutely. And I know I say in my info that or my intro that you manifest from your subconscious thoughts and this neuroplasticity scientific explanation is really the the basis of that thought process that I have because you can say as much as you want like I want I want to lose weight I want a new car I want to get a new house whatever it is that you are trying to manifest whether it be something within yourself or something materialistic if you don't have the subconscious beliefs that make you go through the daily habits to attract that in if you don't have the subconscious beliefs the where you are actually worthy and deserving of it then you're not going to manifest it like so many people you could say like i'm looking to attract in a partner i want to be in a relationship but you could have subconscious thoughts and self-sabotaging mechanisms that prevent you from getting close and building intimacy with people Absolutely. And this is, again, this is like something that's almost easier said than done is to say, okay, well, you can't just say it out loud. You actually have to learn to believe it. Learning to believe it is the hardest part. Yeah. Um, and that's where those small goals come back into play, right? Just pick something small, just something small. Just every day you tell yourself that you like your hair. It's the smallest thing. That small thing goes a really long way. And the more mm-hmm. consistently you do it, the more foundation you're going to have on that path, the more you're going to be able to add to it and the more you're going to build a life for yourself that you want and that you're happy with and that you're proud of. 
I will say, this is something that I've personally done in my life. If you are trying to change your own thought patterns of what you say to yourself when you look in the mirror, write down a list of affirmations and tape it right next to your bathroom mirror, right next to your bedroom mirror. That way you already, you've written down what you want your thought loop to be when you look at yourself. You know what it is you want to change it to, what you want to believe, right? Because consciously you believe those things. You know that you are beautiful, wonderful, smart, healthy, etc. But it's the subconscious. It's those neural pathways that have been reinforced, some of us, since infancy, since childhood some of them some of the pathways we've formed later in life and it's some of them they're so strong and it's going to take a little bit extra effort to build that new stronger pathway that's going to take over but over time it will it has to it's just the way it works neurons that fire together wire together yeah Yeah, so that's just kind of a a time that synaptic plasticity really worked for me. Nella, do you have any examples of when you implemented synaptic plasticity into your life or any that you plan to change in the new year? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, um, one that I am currently doing is giving up vaping. It is a habit that I am not super proud of. One that oh, I've been doing for years. Multiple times I've said that I was going to quit and it would work for uh, a few months, but then I would always fall back into it or I would make the excuse of, okay, well, I'm not I'm not actually buying it. Like this is just ones that my friends have. They have them out there around. So it's okay to just do it socially, blah, blah, blah. And uh, this this new year, 2024, I really want to be completely done with it. And let's see. So some of the ways that I, I know we were talking before about positive reinforcement with things, but Honestly, one of the things that is keeping me away from it is, okay, so do you remember when we were in Europe and we would buy the packs of cigarettes and it would just have those like disgusting cancer pictures? Yeah, the foul pictures. Yeah, so guys, in Europe, they have to give out like warning labels on all their packages of cigarettes and they would literally have pictures of people's mouth with mouth cancer they had no teeth they would have pictures of just decayed lungs like tar lungs they would have pictures of people who were amputees like got body parts and limbs just cut off because of like the hazardous effects of smoking Mm -hmm. Um, and and i know like cigarettes is a bit different than vaping, but also not really same concept, different form, mm-hmm. you know? It's like a hamburger and a meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that's kind of what I think about. And then really just 
disgusts me so much to the point that I don't want to do it. So you had a neuron in your brain that was tied to nicotine. You formed a new connection, which was those vile images. And now that path is overtaking path A. Yeah. And I think also a lot of vaping. I I started young, like younger than I really should have, as with, I'm sure, a lot of people of our generation. Mm, Yeah. And... um, at the time, like, I I used it as, like, an anxiety crutch or, like, a, a social anxiety crutch. Like, if you're just, like, standing there, you're a bit uncomfortable talking to people, like, at least you, like, have something to do. So mm-hmm. it looks like you're preoccupied, like you're doing something and you're not just standing there like a loner <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, that was a, a big social crutch that I used it for. And then we all know how actually addictive that nicotine chemical is so there's overcoming that hurdle as well cutting out that addictive substance it's not uh something like changing a diet or changing the way that you talk to yourself like you're actually dealing with an addictive substance addictive substances basically they increase dopamine transmission in this part of your brain called the nucleus accumbens Mm -hmm. and it's responsible for a lot of kind of like primitive reward so it's like what gets activated when humans eat food like it's very primitive thing like that gets really ingrained in us like if you're going to release dopamine in the nucleus accumbens like this is why humans like sex they like food like they like things that are programmed to keep us alive and to kind of just these very like evolutionary tactics Mm -hmm. and that's where addictive substances act like nicotine and alcohol and that's why like those addicted like curbing addiction can be so incredibly difficult yeah because it's almost like training yourself to stop eating food like it becomes like so necessary in your life Mm -hmm. from that dopamine transmission your brain thinks about it in the same way as something you actually need to stay alive yeah totally and uh, depending on substances like quitting cold turkey can be bad or whatever but i'm just quitting nicotine cold turkey like i i don't care i could i could suffer through the withdrawal but um i feel like you don't do it then, enough to have withdrawal it's just i feel like the cravings yeah. when you see it it's well like, i've definitely have done like air quote withdrawal like mm-hmm. i used to have my own device and then i stopped buying well, at first it started with I had, like, one of the refill devices, yeah. like the fucking Soren, And then I also had, like, a Juul. And then eventually, I would say, like, maybe my senior year of college, I stopped. And I was like, you know what? I'm not buying this anymore. It's not good for the bank yeah. account, especially as a no, broke college was, uh, kid. Absolutely not. Yeah. And then I did that freshman year. I was like, I'm not buying these anymore. And yeah. then I bought a couple like my senior year because I was like, oh, it's senior year. Bad, mm-hmm. bad choice. But right. And then all of your friends also have yeah, it. So it's then so it's hard. Like, hard. And then you also like because you typically do them in scenarios where you drink. Every time you drink, your brain's like, oh, I need nicotine too. Because again, neurons that yeah. fire together, wire together. Yeah. So you're like, I'm drunk, which means I need need this nick stick and then you're also like in a bit in inhibited because of the alcohol so mm-hmm. it's hard to like your rational brain is no longer like 
no, don't hit that next oh, day. Do you remember like, it's like the, the it's brain really, rush of like the first time hitting a vape? I and it was. So I nice. don't even get that anymore. No, so like sometimes either. I'm like, why am I hitting this? I don't like it. It makes my mouth feel dry. Yeah. I'm not getting a buzz. There's like no reason for me to even be doing this. There's heavy metals that like, I'm inhaling I, I don't into even, my lungs. Like I don't even enjoy this anymore. Yeah. I just feel like I'm going to enjoy it because I've enjoyed it in the past. Yes, and it's that it's that stuck subconscious. Mm-hmm neural pathway um and then so like i said i've tried to quit in the past and then after i've gotten over that actual like nicotine chemical addiction i still had that oral fixation i still have that that's why i need to drink coffee like all day or like i need like a sparkling water like i need something yeah it's like entertaining almost i don't know it is i definitely have oral fixation yeah and uh, and that's a, a great example of like how to still fuel that right so just well, drinking nothing water wrong with oral fixation that's perfectly yeah. fine but like yeah no do this thing called sublimating so it's like when you have a desire but instead you sublimate with something that's actually positive for you yeah so like it's gum. like i want to vape instead i'm going to have sparkling water i'm gonna hydrate yeah I'm going to have a carrot with some hummus. I'm going to have a healthy little snack. Like you satisfy that craving with something else that's actually good for you and Mm -hmm. positive in your life. Yeah. Gum has been a really good way for me to like curb that oral fixation. Um, Mints as well. Drinking water, like you said, staying hydrated, right? Mm -hmm. Some, some people may say like, I want to drink more water. There's that's a great way yeah positive reinforcement reinforcement. yeah so how do you think age affects the plasticity of your brain the plasticity of your brain can't talk the plasticity (laughs) of your brain definitely decreases with age so when we're very young our brains are incredibly plastic and we have these um, points in time called critical periods so it's like critical periods are basically like when you're a kid and your brain is like so incredibly plastic um they actually like undergoes this process called synaptic pruning where like when you're first born and like you're a very young child, you have all these random connections that your brain has no idea what to do with because you haven't learned anything yet. You haven't learned to make any associations yet. Um, and kind of around like, oh, I forget the actual age, but I'm going to say it's around like five or six. Um, children kind of start to like, you'll notice them like they knew this word and it's almost like a slight regression. Like they won't know it anymore. And that's because of synaptic pruning. So the brain is deciding like what pathways it likes, what are used, what are like, mm-hmm. which, which of these have I used consistently? The ones that haven't been touched since birth, let's, let's destroy them. They're just getting in the way. They're just accessory. We don't need them. So that's what happens a lot during the critical period. And that's like not just getting rid of old, like unused pathways, vestigial pathways, but kind of forming new ones. And that's why like early childhood education can be so incredibly important to like long-term success in life. Um, that being said, like you don't completely stop being plastic as you age. And like, if you're 80 years old, you still have, you still have plastic like function to your brain. It's just a little bit more difficult. Um, you can think about it like learning. Plasticity is the basis of learning, right? When we learn something, we acquire new knowledge, we have new connections and we think about the world a little bit differently. Um, it becomes more difficult to learn as we get older. It just is. Um, yeah, your brain is just a little but bit less not plastic. Impossible. It's absolutely not impossible. The saying old dogs can't learn tricks can't learn new tricks is so invalid and very much not true. Um, 
it just, it is more difficult because we already are, like we've been alive for so and so many years. We've formed these paths. Like we have these habits that have become very ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. And because those roads are kind of so walked on and so woven, it becomes Mm -hmm. more difficult to form a new one. Yeah. Right. It's easier to kind of cover up this like very shallow path that hasn't been reinforced a million and one times. But when you've walked up and down a field, for 20 years, you've basically eroded a very deep crevice. And that's kind of what yeah. you've built for yourself. It doesn't mean you can't crawl out of it and form a new one. It's yeah. just more difficult. Absolutely. And that shouldn't be, it shouldn't necessarily be discouraging because it is always still possible. Mm-hmm. Totally. And definitely as people get older, they think that it's hard for them to change. And it definitely is. It's definitely going to be more of an obstacle, like, you said because you've had multiple years of reinforcing this same pathway it's not going to be super easy but it's going to be worth it yeah and just because something's difficult to change doesn't mean you shouldn't right think about you think about this in like terms of an investment in yourself right just because something's difficult doesn't mean you necessarily shouldn't do it and when you're on the other side of that long process, you kind of forget how difficult it was to get there. And you're just mm-hmm. like, wow, this is who I am now. And I'm proud of it. And it gives you a secondary sense of empowerment that you even made that change in the first place. Yeah. So Absolutely. And telling yourself that you can't change, that's just another just, pathway that's gotten just in the way. another pathway that you're reinforcing that you just yeah. can't do it. And that you're just true. standing in your own way. You absolutely can. Yeah. With the little changes every now and then. Just here and there. Mm-hmm. You'd be really surprised at like how big of a difference it makes on just kind of your outlook on the world and your ability to think positively of yourself and enjoy sure. a little bit more out of your life. I would say I definitely have a mindset of things are great. Everything is great even when things aren't good. It actually is good because I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I'm learning about myself. I'm learning about my role that I'm meant to play in this life. I'm learning how to interact with the world around Mm -hmm. me. I'm learning how the world around me works. Absolutely. Right? And things in life, it's it's like that saying, uh, things happen for you, not to you. Yes. Well, on that note, Tasha Mayer, thank you so much for being my first guest on the podcast. I loved talking about this with you. Thank you so much for having me. This is just basically us recording what we talk about when we snuggle in bed together sometimes. It's yes. nice to kind and of... And on our long car rides. On our long car rides. It's and nice to have it like kind of commemorated and hasn't just like floated away into like the, the cyberspace of life. Yeah. Which is funny. We get to share our wisdom. Oh my God, guys, how many times are you like talking with your friends and you're like, I wish I could record this for other people to hear because it's just so <laughs> inspirational. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've done that today. We did it. And wishing everyone positive affirmations in 2024. Yes. Go reinforce those positive pathways. We are done with negative pathways. We don't need them. Absolutely. We're going to let them We're become leaving them in absolute. 2023. They're becoming absolute. Yes. Absolute. Absolute. And Abs- re- absolute. Yes. Obsolete. Obsolete. Thank yeah. you. I don't know why I wanted to say absolutely. And I absolutely. Positively. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. And also just remember, you 
may face moments of relapse of going back into that negative space and that is okay just continue to choose that positivity next time around okay even if you relapse you're never starting from square one you've already taken the time to build that path you just have to keep going back and reinforcing it It healing is not linear it all collapses just because you have one slip up yes yes it's still there the foundation is still there just go back to building it any anything in life is not linear. You're gonna have your ups and downs. That is the duality, guaranteed uncertainty of life. Okay, but your purpose, your only purpose here on Earth School is to evolve your soul, evolve your mentality. So have a blessed, safe, healthy, wealthy, positive 2024. Love you all. Catch you in the next episode. Bye. That was cute.